Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 237 for May 27th, 2020. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, Bill Lutz and Tim Sway. Hey. This week's top Patreon supporters, Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, the Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, <laughs> Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Klingspore, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, Levi Hogue, Keith Decent, and Gangi and Pop Up Makerspace. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. Might be my new favorite part of the show. The tinkle. Right. The the Tim Foley stage. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty professional, I think. I mean, you know, a lot of guys yeah. go with like they have the soundboard, like the morning DJs, where they hit the buttons and it makes all the stupid noise. Yeah. We're going old school. Oh yeah. And Kate, let's Super. let's make that a thing because if anybody listening may not realize this, we don't have a soundboard. We have a real trumpet. We have a real tinkle. We have a real Phil and a real Bill and, and Tim. So well, there's the real no tinkle you're supposed to do before the show, Bill. Like we told you. Yeah. You know what I do have is I have this thing here. It's, it's so hot right now that everything evaporates. I'm not too concerned. Ew. The uh, the batteries are yeah, the batteries are dead in it. But I have this thing here. It's from when I was gigging. It's a little tiny kind of mini synth that's controlled by a touchpad, kind of like you'd have on a laptop. So you can go like like slide your finger across yeah. and make the pitch go up and down. And we could I have all sorts of stuff in this. I have like movie quotes and all sorts of programs. So we could actually have a little foley stage with this. Or like a digital ah, one. I like it. I think it has I a like speaker it. in it. I could hold it. So I'll, I'll have to find some batteries for this thing, see if I remember how to use it. But aren't you using a mixer? Why don't you just pipe it in? Uh, no, I'm not using a mixer. I'm just using a the same mic as you, just plugged into the... Ah. I, I was right. originally, like years ago, I had the mixer with my studio mics, and it was, it didn't sound the same as your mics. So I... Right. We switched to where I just bought the same mic as you, and now it sounds like we're all in the room together. And it's funny because I know that's a thing in podcasting. Like, people, like, really... And because everybody's recording from their closets now, like, all the podcasts and TV shows and everything. And it all sounds like garbage, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, all you need is, like, a blanket on the wall and this $50 mic, and it's going to sound great. Yeah. You know? Agreed. It's funny because I was just listening... Yeah, goes, you, go, you can just drive yourself nuts. But I yeah. was just listening to um, 99% Invisible, and normally the production quality on that show is, like, next level. I, I listened also. Roman yeah. Mars? Yeah. yeah now sounds it's like, fantastic. Terrible now. <laughs> yeah. Because he's, like, he's clipping, you know? Like, uh, it's too loud somehow. And so they're, like, in post, they're, like, lowering his volume, but it's still clipped. Yeah. So yeah. it's weird to sort of not hear that same production value. Yeah, you, know, you guys are talking about production and podcasts. Uh, check this out. Did you hear Joe Rogan is leaving YouTube permanently and going to Spotify? He yeah. signed one hundred million dollar contract. Wow. Yeah, I just heard that. Intense. So spot, intense. Spotify said change. Spotify said we'll give you a hundred million dollars if you only broadcast your show here. Yeah, exclusive. It's, it's an exclusive. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. And it's the same thing that uh, Howard yeah. Stern did with XM back in the right, day. Right, well, he launched XM in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Or maybe it was Sirius and then XM merged with Sirius. Sirius. I don't remember, but anyways. I'm pretty sure it was Sirius. He, yeah. he built 
he built satellite radio, yeah. and then ever since. So what is Spotify going to start doing? Video. There's a lot of. No, it'll be audio only, yeah. probably. No, no, no. They they're going to build a platform, start a platform to accommodate him because he, he I mean, he does do just the audio portion of it, but, but a lot of it you want to see who his guest yeah. is and all that. So, huh. but yeah, it's supposed but, to be intense. And, and a lot of podcasts uh, are done that way. Starting now. to do what? A lot of podcasts are done that way now, where there's video to accom- accommodate it, which doesn't make sense. To right, me. right. <laughs> well, it's because right. it's not just talking though. A lot of it is who the guest is, and a lot. Uh, Anyway, right. uh, the like, fact that YouTube is really starting to irritate some people, I think this is you're going to see a mass exodus, honestly. I think over the next couple of years, I bet you you will. To where? To, to, spot, to the Spotify to platform? To, like what? Well, Tell me if, about another, another platform. No one's paying us $100 million, so... I'm not... No, no, no. I'm not talking about little guys. I said there's some larger... Uh, different people that have huge channels. If Jimmy wanted to, for example, his size of a uh, organization, Joe Rogan... Uh, Bob Claggett, you know, if they wanted to, they could leave. They could, if they um, could get it, they, they just, could get a deal from Spotify to pay them to do yeah, it. Yeah, people are getting tired. YouTube has got censorship, which is fine, and they have their uh, rules of engagement or whatever. But they don't ever explain it. They just say you're banned. You're we're taking yeah. this off. We're demonetizing you, and there's not really any explanation to it. And I'm hearing that more and more, or at least I'm watching videos that are having people say that more and more. It's like, I don't understand what's going on. Why is this happening? If something successful, I think, opens up, it's going to draw some of those bigger names away from YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to give you, I'm going to paint you a little picture real quick. So, uh-oh. I, uh, I moderate a Facebook group. It's, uh, it's 200 guys in Montreal who are dads and basically just a very large circle of friends and their circle and their circle. Anyways, it's about 220 guys right now. And people post maybe three, four times a day. And already it's such a huge hassle to moderate things. People post in the wrong place. People say the wrong thing or they'll post in the wrong day. Like We've had it so that only on Mondays can you do things like business networking. Hey, I'm a notary. If you need notary, notarial services, reach out to me. And I was like, guys, just post it all in the one Monday networking post. That way we don't have our phones going off every five minutes. Hey, I'm a butcher. Hey, I'm a concierge. You know what I mean? Just put it all in this one post. And if anyone's interested, they'll go there. So all day long, I'm cleaning this thing up. Can you imagine... What YouTube must be going through with millions and billions and like every second, a hundred hours of video is uploaded to YouTube. Okay, it's a YouTube monster. is not Phil Pinsky with 200 people. YouTube is a multi-billion dollar yeah, entity. That's, Billion that's dollar what I'm entity. I'm saying. I'm saying it, at that point, it's so complex that it can't even be governed by human beings anymore. There's just not enough Well, it's not already. There's algorithms that, that do that stuff. That's my but there point. Needs to so be, they're doing things YouTube, and they're making YouTube moves. Makes, nah, you're, I feel like you're defending YouTube. And I, I agree with you to a certain point. But what I'm saying is, is that YouTube is, is a multi-billion dollar industry. It makes a lot of money off of everybody from you and me to the, the biggest hootie who sure. or whoever he is, right? They yeah. can afford to have humans that can deal with these things instead of – it's just – I'm not kidding. Well, Probably in the last year, hundreds of – of larger channels when you watch one of their videos hey I'm sorry guys you know my channel got demonetized I moved it over here I do that and these aren't little guys these are these are not you and me these are big guys 
why can't YouTube have a way to respond to that, to have a negotiation or, or to – they're just ignoring they them. do they're upon saying, appeal, but the first wave but they, of it is done. That's the thing, Phil, is they're not. They're saying we've appealed it. We're getting nothing, no response. You broke the you broke our rules of engagement or whatever they call yeah. it, and they're not saying what specifically so I can fix that, so I can change that, so I can do that. They're getting nothing. It's just you're off the channel, you're demonetized, or this video is deleted. Okay. Hmm. I haven't so. seen that, but I will tell you. Um, regardless of any gripes that someone has with YouTube, can you imagine life without it and the opportunities that it's created for so many people? I'm not, I'm not saying someone that like at all. Someone like PewDiePie makes like $25 million a year a- from absolutely. YouTube. Absolutely. Where else is this guy making that kind of money? Absolutely. And what I'm saying is, is that Joe Rogan maybe broke the dam and it's like, okay, here's another platform that's willing to, to try and start something. Because right now, YouTube is a conglomerate, right? I mean, they're a monopoly. They, they basically got it. So oh, there's Vimeo. It's, it's only natural. There's Ooh, Vimeo, what? yeah. Well, Whatever say, happened? It's only like, why didn't that take that evolution off? Would maybe, it's not going to hurt. I don't think in the long run it's going to hurt YouTube. They're not going to go no, away. No, it's not going to hurt YouTube no. at all. But it, w- it would right. be, But it may, it may be the beginning of some other platform, so it's not only YouTube. Yeah, you, know you don't, I don't forget, like change. I don't know that I'll never watch anything but YouTube. It's what I know. Don't forget, don't forget YouTube is Google. So, I mean, it's right. not, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's a big Big fish is going to be here for a while, no doubt. But I agree, it is frustrating that we, nobody really knows what. Did you did you know I met I met the creator Hugh Hugh Tube, I met him once. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you're saying there's no people behind it, but Hugh's a great guy. It's just that things are big, you know. But um, yeah. it, it is frustrating. Like ragging on Hugh when I you know I was doing the YouTube thing when I decided to start making it kind of like quote part of my business unquote. It was never about any kind of getting money from. YouTuber, because nobody under that's just foolish to try and understand. <laughs> but it, it was about using it as a as a way to reach people, you know. And and there's other ways to reach people too, you know. YouTube happens to be the best right now, but I'm I'm all for a little competition and and if other opportunities. Well, imagine come up, like you said, you know? Phil. If if what if PewDiePie just for whatever reason just just was like irritated and somebody came up to him and offered him something. YouTube would notice that. You know what I mean? They would absolutely notice him because if he's making twenty-five million, how much are they making off of him? Oh, they're making f- at least five times that off of him. You know, right? If I'd I say would, more than that. More than that. I agree yeah. with Bill. Yeah, I much, think probably, it's probably like a hundred times. Yeah, because I mean, if, exactly. if I'm making a penny on every you know thousand views or whatever, like who's making the other ninety-nine cents? Or you know, like yeah, the the, yeah. the advertisers paying YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. They're giving us. Pro- I don't know what it is. One percent. Who knows what it is? Yeah. But anyways. Yep. Anyways. It'll anyways. Be beyond my thought. lifetime. <laughs> uh. Well, the way you're sucking back those uh, Lacroix, you're right. What do you mean? You know they're they're fantastic for your health. They are good for my health. My doctor approves. Yeah. There's nothing in it. There's nothing in it that's bad for me at all. Right. Totally. You're probably right. You I don't know. I don't know. Well, you don't know, Phil, and I think sometimes you just need to accept that and, and move on. Think of your carbon dioxide footprint. Exactly what I was thinking. <sighs> so, <laughs> so it's not enough to Phil, just try to be healthier. To? What? Just tell us what you've been making. You're not. It's not enough to be healthier. You, you have to. Never mind. I just. I can't win. I no. Can't win. Uh, you know what? I. You know what I'm up to. I'm up to. I just came back yesterday um, from Southern California, yes. Palm Springs area. I saw your, your pictures. Holy, holy moly, holy moly! I had no idea. 
I've never been that far south in California, and this is my home mm. state, right? And oh my gosh, do I love it! I love everything about it. Um, luckily, it was closed down, so it made it even better. I mean, it's, I mean, it's starting to open back up down there, but it was it was nice to just be able to kind of go out and explore, and not have tourists and everything everywhere. It's amazing. I had no idea it was that Coachella is right there. I mean, yeah. that's right there. I had no idea that Mexico is right there. I thought <laughs> Palm Springs. Really San Diego? No, Palm Springs. Oh, okay. It's, it's 80 miles to Mexico from Palm Springs. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I really thought yeah, um, Palm Springs was way closer to LA. I didn't realize that, no, LA's a couple hours north. You, know, you, yeah. you got to keep, once you hit LA, you still got to keep going to get to the Palm Desert area. Um, and wow, it was beautiful. I checked out um, uh, Joshua Tree where Jesse and Ben Weta are. Uh, and um, um, Brett McAfee, I didn't know, is down there. And I'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, but just, the, the, it's beautiful. It's affordable. It's clean. It's hot. Yeah. It's, it is hot. But I've lived in the desert, so I, I you can get used to that. But I just didn't know. It was just so neat. And then, of course, I, I went down there with and spent time with two um, two gay men. So I got to tour every Dead Star's house that there was. We drove through every neighborhood. <laughs> they know where... They know where Bing Crosby's houses. They know where Dean Martin's houses. They know where Zsa Zsa Gabor's house. I, we got. Oh, Zsa Zsa. Did, and, and you know what's funny about that is like that Ava. all of these Ava. stars of yesteryear, these houses are nothing special. I mean, they're neat and they're up in a nice neighborhood, but they're, you know, fifteen hundred, two thousand square foot homes that yeah. have a neat piece of property. But it's not. It's not what you see today on MTV Cribs, right? These aren't right. eighty billion dollar, five hundred acre, twenty thousand square foot homes. These are just where the stars lived, and, and they just lived in a nice neighborhood. It wasn't special. So DiCaprio's house. It used to be, uh, whose house is it used to be? It used to be Liza Minnelli, maybe. I don't know, but he's got his house. I saw all these places where famous people would live. Uh, they're not there; that they're dead now. But anyway, I thought that was fun. Right. I, we fun. we drove from Los Angeles to San Diego a bunch of years ago before Vance was born. We flew out to LA and yeah. and uh, went to one of the parks and then drove down there. And it, yeah, it's it's neat because I had been in California before, but I'd never well I'd been to LA on business, you know, uh, and then I'd driven into the Bay Area. Uh, so I haven't done what you did from San Francisco to LA. Oh no, I did go. I was in Bakersfield. Um, I'm just kind of looking at the it's, map right now. I did the Vegas drive. I drove from whatever that airport is, not in Vegas, but there's another, there was an airport, and I drove through the pass. and McCarran? It's, yeah, it's, it's just absolutely gorgeous out there. It's like, it's like another yeah. planet compared to where I live. It's just another planet. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 like I said, the, the, what I love the most is that it's just clean because in, in central California, when you're driving down to there where all the farming and stuff is, it's so, dusty and dirty in the air then you get to LA it's all smog then yeah. you get past that in the desert and I've forgotten about this about the desert it's just clean the air is clean um, the streets are clean it, it's just clean it's just yeah. isn't there a say. whole patch on that drive that just smells like garlic because it's the garlic fields uh, no there's a whole patch on that oh, that's that smells like cow manure because of Harris Ranch it's cow manure north of Bakersfield <laughs> um, think, yeah. no you know what uh, that's actually north of LA is uh, no, Gilroy the garlic Gilroy capital. that's something yeah, yeah that's that's not far from me here that's only yeah it's an hour and a half from my house so do you get like garlic really cheaply you know I don't I, I huh. haven't I'm gonna try and get them to sponsor my channel and uh, you should <laughs> you should you should it's good for your heart and it's good for your 
Yeah. To be smart. Yeah, to be smart. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what I did. And then what what was surprising is we left yesterday. Um, it was uh, 101 in Palm Desert. And it doesn't feel that hot. I don't know why. Oh, it's dry heat. It's a dry heat. It's dry heat. Because yeah. okay, your sweat evaporates off your body instantaneously. So you're not basically smothered in your own sweat. No, 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 I get it. But anyway, we left there. It was it was 101. Throughout 99% of the drive back here, it was 99. And I get home to Hayward, and it's 90. I'm like, this isn't that much of a difference. Oh, wow, it's way cooler, yeah. Jeez. So what did you say? It was a nine-hour yeah. drive? No, it was uh, because of the traffic. Uh, I nope. flew down there uh, seven, maybe, seven and a half hours. Yeah, the only says- traffic is, of course, when I got to L.A., says Hayward to L.A. is six hours. So then you were going a little further. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I had cool. a little bit of traffic just trying. I didn't even go through L.A. I just went around the edge of it, and that still had traffic. Um, but, yeah, it was it was pretty good. Saw a bunch of um, uh, crazy, insane people. I, for, I Every time I take a long road trip, I forget how not smart people are who drive. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was intense, and I I, uh, I wanted to get oh, and so the thing was is I drove the dad's BMW. Uh, they have a little 2009 Z4, so it's kind of like a it's like a Miata on steroids. The performance of this car is insane. Crazy good. It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's got a straight six engine, about 240 horsepower, or whatever. But the, the it almost feels like an electric car because when you step on it, it just pulls. You don't you can barely feel that it's shifting. Right? It's just so. Yeah, there's smooth. no lag. Yeah, it's just it's it's insane. It corners like a, a Corvette would, like because I, I remember I used to drive a friend of mine's Corvette, and it's just so low to the ground, it's so tight, it's just amazing. This car is the size of my left butt cheek. Yeah, and I knew that, and it has yeah, no suspension, and so that was the longest eighty-hour drive that only took me seven hours in my life. It was awful. Yeah. I hate that car. I will never get in one again. I had to <laughs> sit. It it has racing seats in it, right? So it has these little like you're in uh-huh. a, a seat that if you had a harness, it would work. So it's got these things that come up right around the sides of my butt and would pinch off like a pressure point. So the only thing I could do, and it's no wider than that, right, on my side of the car. Yeah. So the only thing I could do is I'd have to put cruise control, I'd shift onto one cheek, bring one foot in and stretch one foot out. Do that for about an hour, and I have to switch to the other side. It was just insanely uncomfortable. You know, my- At what point do you think it's maybe not the car's fault? <laughs> if No, honestly, Phil, you would love that car. There would be a lot of room for I've you driven in that it. car. My, you know, what? my wife has a Passat, and... Um, you know, it's a great car. You know, the beautiful seats, everything about it's great. But for whatever reason, there's something about those seats that just aggravates my back. And I, and I think it's because oh, I'm so used hard. to back everything. Because I always drive vans and trucks, and I always sort of sit more upright. Something about that position of getting lower into a car within like an hour. Like if we do like a long drive, we always take the van because I just can't sit in the car. You know. Right. Then, then you want to talk about like a human turtle? Me trying to get out of that thing. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it took me forever to figure out. Well, actually, Casey pointed out because I went, we picked it up in San Francisco uh, the night before I left. And by the time I got home, I'm like, oh my gosh, I rolled the window and I said, honey, this is so uncomfortable. I don't know how I'm going to drive this for six and a half hours, blah, blah, blah. So I went to go get out. I put a foot out and I'm trying to grab everywhere humanly possible and I can't pull <laughs> myself out. And she's like, get your other foot out of the car too. So I did. And by then I was able to kind of get myself halfway out and then switch my hands underneath my butt real quick and push up a little bit. 
<laughs> funny that, that Bill is maybe 190, and like he's acting like he's 450 pounds trying to get out of a car. Well, bless your little heart, but I'm actually 245. And, oh, man. Uh, it's, Steve it's Miller once said... Car. Steve Miller once said... Take, take the money, money and run. run. Ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's a tiny car. But again, the performance yeah. of it, on the few times when I wanted to move out of the way or... Just yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was it was an awesome car, awesome yeah. car. You, but you, I would never own one. I there's there's a procedure for getting into my truck that I drive, which I would love to, to see you try. Because <laughs> because it, it, you're not sitting down as low, you know what I mean? It's more like a, a truck, even though it's a low truck, you're still sitting upright. But you have to the steering wheel doesn't tilt, and it's it's just small. So you have to put your left leg in because your right hand drive. You have to put your left knee has to like slide under the steering wheel and get in first. You have to get your whole left leg on the other side of the steering wheel first before you slide the other one in. I don't think that's going to happen. It took me a few tries, but now I can do it. And it's So the whole thing is like you get out, you, you, you stop at the post office, and you're getting out to me, and you got to look cool while you do it because everybody's looking at you because you're driving the only car like that in this side of the okay, planet. Just so you know, let's, let's unpack this for a second. Hold on. You said you drive up in that truck and you got to look oh, cool. Yeah. Because everybody's You've already but, failed. No, no, no. You're no, already no. into you've no already, You're already in the fail zone. So. <laughs> but you yeah. can't, because you know, it's like a clown car because I'm six and a half feet tall or whatever so you got to make it not look awkward <laughs> when you get out you know i got news for you there's nothing you can do to not make that look awkward <laughs> this was the largest <laughs> auto i could afford and you think it's funny <laughs> <laughs> I got hey that. look at everyone <laughs> it's, it's hard enough getting in and out of casey's rav4 for me my truck i just open the door i step up to the step bar and then i sit down it's that simple that's how it should be yeah those are the best right those are the best. Tim. Anyway, that, that's what I was doing. How about you, Tim? Well, there it is. I, I wasn't going to mention it, but I'm going to segue to just show you how what a consummate professional I am, that I just put a new seat in my guitar truck. <laughs> that I did see. Uh, was, it, was it given it to you by Miller Supply? Mill Supply. We talked about this last week. Oh, yeah, I got the new, Supply. I got the new seat. Did I, I don't think I put it in last week. Had I put it in? No, but I saw it on your story. Right? Yeah, we put it. In. It was. It's easy because it's like there's like four bolts that go into the thing, and it's just like a post. Oh no, you, you did know. talk about it last week. Yeah, you talked you about did, what you had, had to do a horrible with the B frame and A frame and. Oh, that was the other side, the passenger side, the seatbelt. Yeah, so I, I was just editing. Oh. I'm putting together a vlog oh. video for that. So, but um, we'll, we'll do tell. What was this like? Well, I'm not going to. <laughs> no, tell us everything. I'm not going to because that's because I already talked about. Use your words. Week. No, you talked about the passenger seat, not the driver's seat. There's got to yeah. be difference. You'll, How is the seatbelt? Inquiring minds want to know. You'll see the video. Oh. It'll be coming out. So, um, we'll see if I'll see it. <laughs> I have been working on... I. So the, the Mac that I'm using right now, the computer, is yeah. probably about... I've had it for maybe six or seven years. Um, we were talking about it. Uh, I, I don't know if it was a pre-show or what, but I was thinking about getting a new one. But then I was doing a little bit of research... Um, and it turns out that this particular model is just like the year is like a desirable year. And everybody's saying like, if you don't care about the plasma screen or whatever the new screen is, like they're like, don't even waste your money. Just just keep this machine. Like all the other features aren't going to perform better because like it's just whatever. It was just like a, a unicorn. It's so, a dubious claim. I'd like to see the specs, but very well. Okay, I I could give them to you, but um, but so anyways, it was obviously I could spend thousands and thousands of dollars to get a better machine, but. I was like, I didn't really want to do that. When I when I saw what it would cost to replace this machine, I was like, eh, you know. So what I did instead is I bought um, more RAM for it. I doubled the RAM. And um, okay. and then I bought a second hard drive for it so I don't have to mess around with the external hard drives. And I took out the CDR drive that's in there 
because I haven't yeah. used it in you know several years. So now I have a second hard drive in there, and the second hard drive is the fast kind, the uh, SSD kind or whatever. It's SSD. So that's the one you should have made the main drive. Well, that's what I want to do next, but I need to yeah. figure out how to do all that. And I got to back it all up and all that garbage. So. You just you just ghost it, right? So it just makes a mirror copy from one drive. I can to just the drag next. the one drive onto the other. Not drag, but there's software that you use, right. and then it would just mirror it, and then you take out the old one, you put in the new, like you move Swap the slots the so that over. one's the main drive. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tell you that the computer will be like ten times faster. Ten times faster. Well, I know because yeah. I have the two PCs in my shop. I have the, my old one. And then the the one I got for my Avid CNC has the SSD hard drive, and it's like you turn it on, and like normally, and it's on. Yeah, normally you go get a cup of coffee, you check your email on your phone or whatever, and you wait for you hit the login, you know. But it's just on. Yeah. It's incredible. It's just absolutely incredible. It's amazing. Yeah, I have a ten year old laptop that because I started my new business and whatever I'm doing it with a shoestring budget. I'm like, should I go out and spend fifteen hundred bucks on a new laptop? Well, I have this one. You know what? Let's see what happens if I put an SSD into it. Yeah, it's like a brand new computer. Well, th- it flies. It's great. And that's kind of what I, I can. Yeah, go that's ahead. what I found in my research. It was like they're saying, you know what? Just put a new SSD drive in this thing, like because of the, the RAM and everything and the the the, the processor. So that's yeah, I'm gonna do that next. I was a little nervous to do that right off the bat. I kind of wanted to just kind of get it up and running again and see how it ran. But uh, so this that's that was exciting. I mean, it was like I think I spent one hundred eighty dollars on the second yeah. hard drive and, and you know doubling my RAM, and uh, so that's nice. You know, um, what else? Uh, see, I did a live stream on Saturday uh, with Make Magazine. They did like a virtual Maker Fair. That was kind of fun. Uh, and I, I said that when I did those before for Arbor Tech, I was like, I should do more of these. They're fun. And then I just kind of get busy. You know, like eh. But they are fun. They're they're pretty cool. And I'm gonna do another one. This coming Friday, which is like the 30th, I think. I don't even... The 29th is this Friday? 29th, yeah. And uh, I'll be doing that with on, on Avid CNC's YouTube channel. We're going to do a, a chat, not just CNC stuff. Um, so that's going to be at, I think, 3 p.m. Eastern time on Friday. So if anybody wants to check that out. Uh, I don't know if that works for me. I don't know. Oh, okay. I'll reschedule then. Um, no. Well, why are they doing it at 3 p.m. on a Friday? Uh, well, I mean, because doesn't that seem a little silly? No, you know why they're doing it then? Because they're west, like they're it. west coast, and it's a it's lunch, it's a lunch break thing. So that's their, okay. That's their, uh, but it's also so basically it's also no uh, one on these coasts. It's also pandemic it. time, like it's just like it doesn't matter anymore. You know, in England it's yeah. seven o'clock at night on Friday. You know what I mean? It's like what's hey, hey Phil? Are, are you going to be home Friday at three o'clock? No. Where, Where are you going to be? Oh, your little I office. No, I go to work. I have an office. I forgot you had the office. Yeah. yeah. You have a job. I have a company, yes. <laughs> I'm a business owner. So you're other employed. Uh, so what, are you going to be other at employed. Starbucks or McDonald's? Which one? <laughs> Picking up a shift? You know, you know what's cool about this, guys, right now? You know what's cool about this? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing's you know, cool you know, about this. Do you guys remember back in the day, this is, we'll harken back to the yesteryear, remember Andrew Aragon, whenever he was on a show or on a podcast or on a YouTube hangout. Mm-hmm. Remember where his office was in his minivan in the dark somewhere? Yeah. That's, that's the new Phil Pinsky. He's going to be in his minivan somewhere. Wow. <laughs> wow. I am... Hi, guys. <laughs> wow. It's going to be pretty easy to replace you. Hmm. <laughs> I was going to say that it was hard, but that's that's not true. We got offers. We got offers from Joe Rogan and Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, You're welcome. What else you got there? Uh, that, those, you know, it's just the same old stuff. Must be nice. Um, so, I don't like to brag, okay? Oh, did as you actually well do know. something? I did several things. <clears throat> Buckle up. And I do, okay, I first do of believe all, you like to brag, but... <laughs> I like to inform as to my current status. I'm not bragging, okay? Um, but Would in this case, I am now... Real quick, would you consider what you're about to tell us accomplishments? Sure. Let's go with that. I like it. Go ahead. Brag away. Here's an accomplishment. I'm now better than both of you because I'm officially a pool owner. (laughs) Okay? I never thought my dream would come true and that I'd be a pool owner, but here I am. The pool is 10 feet by 10 feet. It is uh, 2 feet tall. And it is inflatable. Mm. Wow. But, as it turns out, it's the exact same amount of work as a regular in-ground pool. Yeah. It's just stupidly small and ridiculous It's just looking. unrefreshing. <laughs> and has a better yeah. chance but of flooding. But the kids love it. And a better chance of flooding your basement. You know? <laughs> no. It only holds 500 gallons. But, um, yeah, so all kidding aside, it was 100 bucks for the pool. And then it was another $150 in accessories to actually maintain the pool. Because you need pH up yeah. and down. You need pH testers. You need uh, chlorine. You need a uh, one of those uh, sifter net thingies and, and all this stuff. And as it turns out, uh, now is a really busy time for pools. Really? And so almost all of the supplies were gone. So I had to really hunt these things down. And so the one bit of making that I can inject in this story is um, what's it? the skimmer. It's called a skimmer, right? That little mesh net whatever that cleans all the gunk out of there mm-hmm. and um, and so the only thing that they had available was the actual head the net part they didn't have any of the shafts left so you're about to tell us you made a stick <laughs> ten, a 10 foot a 10 foot pole huh let me tell you about my 10 foot pole actually it's um, 5 foot that's all it needs to be it's about 5 feet yeah, yeah. Actually, what it is is a uh, it's a shower curtain rod. I have a bunch of them, and this yeah. one's stainless steel. Wow! And uh, and I drilled through it, and I nice. put some bolts. You know, you know what's going on right now? You're stealing my thunder, and I don't like it because I had some thunder here to well, give. You, you came in rolling like you know? recycling. You recycled and you up upcycled. And you I upcycled yeah. an old curtain rod, and at the end where it was all gnarly from having because I had to cut it off with a hacksaw. I put on some hockey tape, so I can. I'm guessing it up the a bit. the chrono- the chronology of the story maybe was where it went wrong. So if you would have started off, hey guys, you know what? I upcycled the curtain rod. Let me tell you what I used it for. That would have been exciting. I would have probably been quiet. But when you start off with the only thing I could find was the head, and the only thing that goes you on kind of gave is us a, a gave stick. the answer away. But yeah. And the the other thing that problem with that story is that you right. came in with going basically I'm the greatest. You guys are nothing, and here and is I'm why. I'm better than That's both of you right now. Yeah. Not so, the best yeah. way to communicate. Yeah. I, well, I'm agree to disagree, but the point was not necessarily to surprise, but rather bring you up to speed as to what I'm up to. To your, to your greatness, um, yes. yes. Correct, <laughs> correct. Did I do anything else? I feel like I did do something else. Oh, oh, actually, so um, I had to stop working on, uh, I don't know what you're doing right now, but very well. Uh, I had to stop working on the art cabinet build that I've been doing a video on because the uh, the shelf pin drill bit that I got was, oh my god. Stop that! 
<laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah. All right. Professional. Bill's the professional. worst. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Professional. Um, the drill bit that I got was for a quarter inch uh, shelf pin, and I don't use those here in Canada. We have five millimeter. Apparently, so they mailed it to me April 27th. I just got it today, and today is May 26th. So the build can continue. So I'm excited about that. So that'll that'll continue. And uh, I feel like I did something else. I don't know. I guess it was inconsequential. Otherwise, I would have remembered it. Um, so let's move on. And actually, here's a great segue. Since you guys have been so non-jerky and super supportive, <laughs> the topic is... Man's ear, and if anyone doesn't know where that comes from, it's actually a reference to a Seinfeld episode um, where uh, where Jerry Stiller and uh, and Resident Michael Bruce. Richards mm. plays Kramer, Cosmo Kramer. They come up with the idea for you know uh, I guess booby support for men, and Jerry Stiller, who plays George Costanza's dad, wants to call it the man's ear, and Kramer wants to call it the bro. We obviously. Uh, because of uh, Jerry Stiller having recently passed, we thought that we would honor him by calling it the man's ear. So basically, we're talking about support and all kinds of support. Emotional, physical, spiritual. Go. <laughs> What's your favorite way of doing uh, outfit support on really long pieces that you're either cutting, uh, cross-cutting or ripping? Uh, that's a good question. I have multiple options. Um, I do have one of them little roller stands I got second hand and I, I use yeah. that quite often um, I will oftentimes take a folding table stick it wherever I need it to be and then use a small piece of plywood to maneuver you know what I mean it's like to right. know about how far I can hold it. I've taken full 8 foot sheets of plywood on a uh, job site table saw and not had any support on the other end and just keep pushing down on it until you get to the end and i, I mean so yeah, you don't super have safe to have support but it, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 but um yeah i mean it's, it just depends it's it's whatever i i made my my favorite support for an outfit table is my workbench it's the easiest uh that's why i built that harbor freight one i raised it up to where it was actually it acts as that and i like the fact that it's taller because i'm a little taller so Here's, hmm. here, what about you, Tim? Um, I mean, I, I agree that just having a table there is great. But I remember when I uh, was filming that TV show a bunch of years ago, like that was like real makeshift. They had, they had this guy bring a bunch of tools in, and he was a metal guy. So the woodworking tools were, you know, not that great. And the, he brought like a job site tables. I think it's the same one that you have, actually, Bill. Um, no, no, it wasn't. It was on the folding stand. It wasn't like the base. But it was like, a, you know, just a job site table saw. And um, I was cutting stuff, and I remember there was no outfit at all and so i was just getting ready to let it fall and to just deal you know and it was you know a long piece and while i'm doing it one of the crew that came with the guy and the tools like the, this woman that was a welder she just walked over she just stopped what she's doing she just walked over and grabbed the other end of it and helped me pull it through and then stood there until i was done and i was i never asked and i just thought that was the coolest thing to like just be mm -hmm. that aware and she's just like she's she like literally like had her back while she heard the table saw go on, so she just looked and saw I was there alone with a long piece. So that's my favorite support is the support of friends and coworkers and peers. In mm. in that particular instance, my control freakiness would have freaked out, and I, yep. I would have had to have stopped because there's you'd have to try, and I I don't think there's it would be hard to make something go wrong, but something could go terribly wrong. If, if she's helping and she pinches it a little bit, I mean, there's just like, it would freak me out to have a human on the other yeah. side pulling it. I've walked around and made 
and you know and finished by just pulling it through myself i've done that on my own solo for sure yeah but she wasn't but pulling. A, she wasn't pulling she was just there you well that, I mean? that's good that yeah, she didn't she knew. because she that's knew. what i'm saying yeah, it's, yeah. But that that would that would freak me out. I think if somebody walked up while I was oh, doing I, something on the table saw. Yeah, and it was also it was a long enough piece to where she wasn't like close to it, so it wasn't like I, there was. I wasn't worried about her. I'm worried about me. No, <laughs> I wasn't worried about me. But uh, no, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. I thought that was pretty nice though. Like just that that foresight to because I've seen a lot of people do a lot of stupid things on table saws, and uh, and one of them yeah, is kind of what I was doing. You know what I mean? And, if, and then her inter- interjection. That, that is. You know, when you're not com- having not having an outfit table for longer cuts like that yeah. is ridiculous, and, yeah. I, and I I'm the first to admit it. I'm yeah. still the first one that will probably do it if and I don't it, have one. Yeah, because you're like, ah, oh, it's just one cut. I'm not going to go build something yeah. or find a bunch of you know. Because then the other thing that's bad is to do some jury rig thing, like you know, or I should jury rig, I should say, <laughs> for Jerry. But, um, but uh, you know, it's like you stack up a bunch of crates or something, and then they start to tip, and then they grab it. You know, yeah, um, yeah. don't do that. That's the, I think the sort of the the most dangerous part of the uh, of the job site saws is that because they're so small and compact, and you try to cut something big, you know it makes them a lot tippier yeah. than if you were just working with smaller stuff. Well, you're not supposed uh, to use them for something big. What you're supposed to do is take right. your hand your circular saw and you're supposed to cut things down to bite sized chunks, and then you can use it to make whatever cuts I agree and which is you know honestly you don't use a table saw I at least in in my experience you don't really use it a lot on job sites per se yeah no it's not as popular there no I agree with you you'll use a circ saw lickety split to make your to break your sheet or your sheet goods down Uh, you use a chop saw a lot but you don't see very many job site table saws actually at a job site well, that was you don't you don't ever see any contractor table saws with contractors. Yeah, yeah. But th- that was the other support that I wanted to bring up was that the skill saw support, right? Because that's I mean that's how I do it. When you work alone, I mean I I could I do technically have the space to run four foot by eight foot sheets on my table saw for the most part. Most cuts there's if they're really skinny I have a wall issue, but but um you know I'm there alone and so it's just not safe. So I like you said I break it down first with the circ saw outside. And then I bring bring it into the table saw and finish it up and you know cut it to where I want. So my favorite support for that is, um, I don't you know it's, it comes in on the pickup truck and you just break it down immediately right on the pickup truck. But you need something next to your truck. Well, for me, I go off the side of my truck because I can fold the sides down. But most people it's out the tailgate. You need something there that's the same height as your tailgate. And um, so I I made a few years ago I did a video about it where I made these um, sawhorses with two. I didn't invent the idea. I just kind of developed it a little. We Adjustable. Uh, two pipe clamps. With the pipe clamps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it hasn't aged super well, and the pipe clamps kind of slip now. I need to kind of go in and reconfigure it. But it's well, for putting a, she- on a, a sheet good on it. On your new truck, I would imagine you, you take the sides down. If you just got like a Nike shoebox, that would be about the same height as the bed of your truck. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like a small footstool. <laughs> well, I mean. Or a Lego. If you guys want to. Lego break. So, if you guys so want to be that early way. tip segment. Here's an early tip segment because it's something I've done. I've not seen anybody else do it. Uh, you see people take sheet uh, sheet of ply or plywood and you lay it on top of a foam, right? Mm. So you can cut yeah. it on the ground. Um, I have on job sites before. Put it on the lawn. If you put your uh, plywood on the lawn, you can use your circ saw and just run it straight across. And you're still because the lawn acts as almost like a piece of foam. You're not going to actually hit the dirt. You know what I mean? But that right. dirt is going to kill your saw blade. 
But I'm saying you don't hit the dirt. If you lay right. it on grass, oh, if you're up high enough. you just have the blade. Gotcha. You just Yeah, because the thing is so big, it's using all of the blades of grass to kind of hold it up. It doesn't just squash down to it's the true. dirt. Yeah, it's popped up a little bit. Yeah. 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 I like yeah. that. I like that. Actually, I could – I have the width on my table saw to cut a full sheet of uh, plywood. Um, but I don't have the room behind me yeah. to run the eight feet. Um, so I don't, I don't ever do that. Uh, I would, I don't know how often I've worked with full sheets. I've worked with five by fives, but I'll always break them down either at the Home Depot or Renault Depot to get them into my car in the first place. Or if right. they're delivered, then I'll break them down with the truck. So it just makes so much more sense. Um, but on the front side, on the, on the outfeed side, it took me quite a while to get to my current shop configuration, which you can see in my latest uh, shop tour video that I put out a few weeks ago. But um, before that, I kind of didn't really have any support. So like Tim's example, the wood just sort of fell off the end of my, uh, my, of my table saw. And then if you had multiple things, multiple things would be falling off and all these. So it, it kind of was a, a not a good situation. And it took me a while to figure out that, hey, I could just use this Rupo bench as an outfeed, and then I've got a nice little L shape here, and mm -hmm. this little workstation here with this behind here. It takes a while to organically sort of figure out your workflow unless you sit down and work it out, I guess, which I never did. I just kind of like to go out there and do. Hmm. I think uh, the, I remember it was a big thing when I first started looking at YouTube videos, uh, all the um, fold-down outfeed extensions everybody was making for their for their table saw. So the back of the table saw, you could flip it up and it becomes like Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I know what you're yeah. If you have the but space yeah, for that, I, I why not small, just leave it? <laughs> you know? Well, if you, have a, if you have a shop that's small enough to where you need to do that, just use your workbench. Configure yeah. your shop like you did with your Rubo, yeah. like mine is. Just, it's it's really the easiest thing to do. It is annoying, right. though, like if you have a glue up and then it's like, oh, I got to cut one more thing and the glue up's all clamped up right on your bench. You know, sometimes that is frustrating. You're done for the night. Yeah. You're done for the night. I mean, I, yeah, I have the, thing. I have the, the space to where like that part of my bench is the part that I don't right. glue on. You know what I mean? I can, I, moving stuff goes there. But yeah, for like on your shop, Phil, you, if you glue up a panel, you can't cut anymore. Yeah. Well, my um, if I have the foresight to know that I've got to do work afterwards, I'll put anything like that onto uh, sawhorses, yeah. which I made these little mini guys. Uh, and so I use that a lot as sort of like another place to put something down. I try to keep the uh, the bench as clean as possible mm -hmm. so that you know, I can continue to work. Another, another tip uh, thing, the folding plastic tables you get for whatever event yeah. you want to use, right? I'll yeah. find those that might be broken or the plastic's broken on it and I grab them because as long as they are stable a little bit I paint on them I use them yep. to put glue ups on I use them almost mm -hmm. like saw horses and if the, if the top gets all messed up you can literally take it off and replace it with a sheet of plywood because the little steel foldable legs are pretty yeah. universal and I, I mean I'll use those things by the time I'm done with it after a year or two it's got so much paint and glue and gnarly on it but it's just a, it's almost like a, a portable extra bench that can act as holding all of that stuff so you can keep your bench clean I mean, I a lot like of my it. videos you'll see me using those things so I have two sets of those legs I got from a, you know one was a broken table that someone gave me and another one I think I got out of a dumpster mm -hmm. and like one set I ended up screwing onto like a wood top that I made for my guitar shows so just a quick folding mm -hmm. table I put a skirt on it and then I exactly I'll do that I'll, I'll grab like two two by fours and just and like screw them into that and just set that out in the yard, put what I need on it, and take it apart when I'm done. They're awesome like that. Hmm. 
Yeah, and even yeah. if you have to buy the first one, they're not that expensive. You no, they're like thirty bucks. And buy it. Yeah, you can yeah. get them at so the buy box one of those store. six foot tables, yeah. and then like I said, if you wear the top out, what's a throw, yeah. you know, chuck it and then use some scrap wood or whatever to use it. But that's it's just a good idea having an extra having an extra surface to put things on to, to when you're spray painting small parts and stuff. I oh, I love it on those tables because you don't have to set up. Little pyramids and stuff that you know what I mean that you're you're trying to save, but you don't want to spray paint all over your workbench. So it's like, yeah, I just right on this anyway. Uh, reminds me I that like that the uh, the baker's rack we were talking about, um, mm. putting, making the I I have the space now because that CNC's out, so I, I forgot about that. I need to do that because I have the giant. I, well, I have like a regular baker's rack, but it's not. It's like a painter scaffold, like a small one, right? You know, like the kind of folds you put in the back of your car. Um, that I use a lot. And I just have scrap wood shelves, extra, like additional shelves. Um, but but uh, uh, your paint triangles, I have some now. I just accumulated them somewhere, you know. But before I... Ha- I use them. Uh, what's that? I use them. Yeah, they're great. I like them. They're great. But before I had them, I just used to run a screw through a little block of wood. And I had four of those. Yeah, so I've done that put too. Put them the screws, you know. Um, and that worked pretty well. So th- It's good support. This will be a... Our tip segment this week is going to be interlaced in throughout the whole podcast. Yes. Yeah. It's all support tips. We like to weave. Mm. That's right. Um, what about, um, what's your first, like, you run into some kind of an issue. Not anything, you know, serious. Obviously, maker related to something that you're building or whatever. What is your number one first go-to for support on something like that? Joe Rogan. Like, people oh. Spotify yeah so for me uh, it's you guys <laughs> yeah I, I text you guys pretty often about what would you do with this like because I initially I would sort of um, put it into our Facebook group that we're all a member of mm-hmm. and then invariably it's always bill that gives me the answer anyway <laughs> and then so it's like oh I don't want to just jump the middleman here so I just text you guys and you guys always have the answer. You know what's great about our community is that there's so many people in it that we know that it depends upon the problem I'm having. Like, there is someone for every problem. That yeah, I'll ask, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, like Phil, I, I'm always bugging you with computer issues because you're, you know, very computer savvy. But then if it was, like, more like a, you know, like a painting issue, you know, I might go to Bill. Or if it was, um, uh, like, a metalworking issue, I, you know, I might go to, like, Brett or someone like that. You know, like someone that just to go right to the horse you know right yeah Yeah, I actually found a lot of like programming support Um, I think it was last year when I was doing stuff and uh, that was awesome like I remember thinking ah no way in hell but at least let me put it out here Um, Mm -hmm. and I was like this is not maker related but I really need some help with Python could someone help me and I had like five legit programmers going okay here's what you need to do it was amazing. Like I love this community. It it was just it was fantastic to feel like I wasn't alone. And I think that's really what the essence of support is, right? It's just to feel like you're not alone. Um, and sure. so that was that was great. And I hope that anyone who is listening to, to our podcast um, belongs to some kind of a community like that, whether it's two people or two thousand, that you can turn to for help and support and you know just a pat on the back sometimes. But if you're not, then reach out to us because we will plug you in. Yeah, absolutely. We've done it before. Yeah, what well, we know, don't and, know. We and know if you need does, Bill's so. private cell phone number, if you need to call him, <laughs> I will give it to you. So 
Yeah. See, you see what happens when you get, when you get a little bit older, and that happens. Like for me, if I run across something I'm working on and I get stuck, I realize yeah. that it must not be that important anyway. So I just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go change the tire the other day, and one of the lug nuts was stuck, and I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't fine. know how to do this. I'll get a new car. <laughs> what tire? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Jerry's. you're right. The, 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 this community, I mean. Um, we know, and I, I assume every, everybody has to know this now. Social media, if it's if it's old hat to me, it's got to be like real old hat to you younger folks. Um, electricians, computer people, carpenters, welders, um, painters, artists. I mean, like painter, artists, sculptors. You know, I mean, musicians. I mean, it, they're out there. They're everywhere. Just just reach out. And if you and if you're shy and you don't want to talk to somebody, YouTube. YouTube, mm. don't go to Spotify. YouTube. That's <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, even last year I had, maybe it was two years ago now, I, I had trouble with my furnace. And I had Gib on Facebook. We were, we were and, and like, we were, like, a two-way video call. And he's like, okay, show me what you're looking at over there. Okay, here's what you got to do. It was incredible. I couldn't believe it. It was just, this whole thing just blows me away. Yeah, I did that with just Berkey amazing. Once. Yeah, it, yeah. It was just, it was just like, you know, put the video on. I call, you know, I was messaging him on Facebook. He just videos me. He's like, show me, you know. Right. Like, oh, right. You were building a church. What were you doing? Uh, it was just a. There was a. Um, uh, I have a porch, you know, like that's it's, but the roof is the same roof that the house has, and so one of the posts on it was was kind of like looked a little little punky, and um, uh-huh. I wanted like I had an, I wanted to do like a half lap sort of like patch, like cut it in half lap, and instead of replacing the whole post, you know, and. But I wasn't sure if that right. was cool or not, so I was like, "No, that's Berkey." <laughs> you know, so I showed him what, what I wanted to do. He, you know, he's like, "Yeah, he's like, that'll yeah. work." He's like, "Just make sure you do this." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, I forgot all the details." And he's like, "Yeah, do it that, and then screw it here." And I was like, "Okay." Hasn't fallen Love down it. yet, so I'm gonna knock on something. <laughs> I went down to Palm Springs. Exactly. It's because the dads are down there. Bob calls me a couple weeks ago. He facetimes me so he can show me that he's got. Uh, it's a little trellis type thing that's on top of you know he's got like they got four patios on this condo they just bought but anyway one of them has a trellis and he's got these big freaking holes like if a termite on steroids right he's showing me what it, what is that and I'm like that looks like a carpenter bee carpenter I've never bee. seen that yeah. person but I got a carpenter bee right and sure enough that's what it was so I didn't know this but and I told him I said what you can do is use the spray foam from the house like you know to fill up a little gap or something that spray foam stuff Fill up mm-hmm. those holes that way, and they won't be able to get back in there. Well, apparently now they make something that's. And they, by the way, they're not bees. Carpenter bees are not actually bees. They're a, they're an insect, but they're not actually a bee. Because the next part is they actually make spray foam now with insecticide in it, to where you can spray it in there. It not only blocks it, but it will kill them out. Because they are, they they actually you can hear them eating the wood if you put yeah your, if you have a yeah, problem yeah if you have a and they're, they're what um, are they if they're not bees this you just freak an me out of some, they call them carp they look like a, they look, they like, look like a giant black all black bumblebee is what they look like oh yeah cc we have a, we have a he's been in our yard like he's like a pet he'll land on your hand like we have one <laughs> and and so he was yeah, they don't have stingers they're not a bee yeah there's i have a spot in my house that they've all eaten up but it's it's not like structural it's just like a you know covering thing i need to replace it though but um but so they were i built that outdoor shower a bunch of years ago and every day i'd be in the shower and they were making a hole in like this piece of pressure treated they don't even care and you can hear them right and he'd be i'd be in the shower and i'd see this guy and i'd go shoot get out and he'd go away and then the next day i'm in the shower and he's go shoot go away and then one day i i shoo him away and i just take the the soap the hand soap that's in the shower i stick my finger in it, i rub it around the hole and he never went back so that's all you need yeah. to do 
So you don't need all those those toxic things. Just a little hand soap. <laughs> so what are they, Phil? They're they are bees. I don't think so. They're not actual bees. They don't have stingers, dude. They do have stingers, but they won't likely sting you. Carpenter bees are species in the genus Xylocopa of the subfamily Xylocopinae. The genus includes some 500 bees in 31 subgenera. The common name carpenter bee derives from their nesting behavior. Nearly all species burrow into hard plant materials such as dead wood or bamboo. Can, can, but, you, uh, just, the, can, can you just do this all again, but start with well actually? Well, actually, <laughs> though the male carpenter bees cannot sting, they are quite aggressive when it comes to protecting and defending their nests. They do have a stinger and the ability to sting. Luckily, it is very unlikely to get stung by a female carpenter bee unless you are agitating them or their burrows. Hey, you know, I learn something new every day. Mm. All these years, I just thought they were an insect that looked like a bee. Nah, they're bees. They they do do look like big bumblebees. They're awesome, and I'm pretty yeah. sure I have these on the side of my house. Yeah, well, you certainly do. They're I mean they're very cool. Like to watch, they're they are kind of you know bad for. Well, it's gonna be cooler to watch them die. I understand. <sighs> maybe, prove me wrong here too, because my understanding is they don't pollinate and they don't produce honey. That part I believe you are correct. They do not produce okay. honey. I don't know so if they, they pollinate are useless. or not. Well, there's a lot of animals that there's a lot of animals that pollinate that aren't honeybees, uh, but they're not one of them. I mean, even like there's well, like one of our biggest reasons for saving bees, honeybees especially, is because of the pollination. But correct. Yeah, we can't live without them. That's but we but that's it, what I'm saying. We could live without honeybees if we don't kill all the other insects that pollinate. But a lot of them are just like little annoying insects that we pesticide kill and spray. And there's all sorts of flies and stuff that pollinate, but um. Not to the volume and the like, the level that the honeybees do. They're the. I've tried the. But we I've can steal honey from honey bees. that the flies make. It's it's a no bueno. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, it's not good on your toast. Yeah. Fly honey is not yeah. the way to go. <laughs> don't do that. That's disgusting. Super gross. Okay, let's let's get out of here on that one. <laughs> Are we done? Okay. Um, let's see here. Um, I think we got some iTunes review reviews. By the way, <clears throat> I saw at least Ooh, one. I didn't see that. Uh, here we go. So. <clears throat> oh yeah, just excuse fine. me. Uh, we got <laughs> yeah. I, I read this one. Uh, this is from Big Daddy Nerd, and it's a five star review. So we will read it online, and it's called "Backhanded Compliments." <laughs> this is a great podcast. Don't expect to learn anything. Just enjoy the show, Bill. <laughs> Bill, I pray you stand farther from me. Phil, I do repent the tedious minutes I with you have spent. And Tim, I desire that we be better strangers. <laughs> <laughs> we better be strangers. <laughs> <laughs> so those are all what? They're, well, they're, he's calling them backhanded compliments. I think that because they're compliments that he's saying backwards. I guess, <laughs> but I mean, I don't care. Whatever, it's five stars, so who cares? Five stars, it is. Thank you very much, Big Daddy <laughs> Nerd. Yeah, it's a friend he's of our mine. new favorite listener. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, uh, that's terrific. Were there any on the? Uh, the uh, the global market on the international stage we got nothing. Okay. Well, oh. I guess John settled down. But poor guy. Mm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut everybody some slack this week and just say you know pandemic. Okay, fine. Maybe you don't have a little time for us, but you know whatever. <laughs> yeah, Did I don't know if I'd go that easy, Bill. What they have nothing but time. Maybe you should lace into them a little bit. Well, no, it's just not right to do that. I, I think when you have all that abundance of time and you're trying to stay healthy and you're in a secluded area, why wouldn't you want to try and help a brother out? But yeah, no, do your own thing and watch soap operas or whatever it is you've now found time to do, people. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
weekly we- tip segment. Are we doing that or no? We just kind of yeah. did a bunch of them. Well, I can give a tip. Be careful with those soap operas because I found myself watching A Little Days of Our Life the other day. Yeah, good tip. Yeah. What grabbed your attention? I guess Days of Our Lives for you. Whoa, that was a double. That was a double header for you. No, no, no. Something actually did grab my attention this week. Oh, okay, um, all right. So I mentioned I, I went down south. I went to Joshua Tree and Brett McAfee. I thought he was visiting Ben and Jesse, but he actually moved to Joshua Tree. He actually bought a little eighty thousand dollar home that he's going to renovate, and he's starting a new channel called Forged Home, and he will be bringing us along with the adventure of him doing that. So that's really, really cool. I love Brett. I think he's a pretty talented young man. Skilled. Sorry, Tim. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that. So he's actually he actually moved out there, and he's uh, starting a new chapter in his life. So, you know, another another one of Jimmy's rejects, you know, out of state, out of mind. <laughs> I didn't mean that because Dave Welder and Brett are both really super cool. Yeah. I saw he did a video maybe three or four weeks ago that was like him basically building out a workshop in like one video. Yeah, he had a little, um, I guess it was a little like a barn. 10 by 12 uh, structure on his property that he bought. So that's his that's his uh, uh, his workshop. He did a shave horse, I think, or some, something like that. that. But anyway, he just, just yesterday or the day before he released this video where he kind of gives you a tour of this house. It's basically just a shell right now. It's got a place for a sink and a bathroom. It's mm-hmm. tiny, uh, but I'm guessing because everything I looked at out there, uh, you're, you're going to get a couple acres with, whether it's a yeah. $200,000 home or a $50,000 home. So a couple of acres, a house. He says he's got electricity. He's got water. What else do you need, right? And yeah. join him, join him yeah, on no the Forged winters. Home channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no winter to deal yeah, with. Yeah. I mean, you, just, you got time. Yeah. You know, people live in you know cardboard shelters out there. You know? yeah, yeah, well, and, and it's it's an artist community out there. I mean, it yeah. really is. It's 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 kind of a neat. So you go from the the, the white trailer trash looking properties to the artistical community looking properties to the bougie. There's all of it's out there. There's some really wealthy homes out there. There's some really cool homes. Uh, like I said, that are the artists, you know, where they're just they're fixing it up, they're working on it, they're artist part of their house, and they got maybe a little stand on the side of the road, and it's super, super cool. I liked it mm. a lot. It may be a contender for possible retirement. Who knows? Hmm. Wow. You went from like yeah. basically a suburb of Chicago to the desert. Yeah. Well, it's it's all still open, you know. It might be Napa, California. It might be Southern California. It might be Utah. Oh, that's right. There's Galena, the Illinois. The Napa. Oh, right, there was the yeah. That Everything business is deal flux. with the in-laws. It's in yeah. flux right now. The world is your oyster. Happen. Yeah, the flux capacitor. I think yeah. we're going to call you that now. Yeah, well, if the world can help me pay off some debt, I can move wherever I want it. But you know, you're right. No, I feel similarly. Yeah, yeah. but no, no, yeah. It's uh, it's everything is in flux right now. Casey's just got a um, the the news now. They're just opening up hair salons throughout all of California, except amazing at the Bay Area. Except, yeah. So she's no. still got a yeah. And, and that's fine. I mean, we're we're pretty good. I think L.A. and the Bay Area they're still holding off a little bit. So, mm-hmm. could she could she do private sessions in people's backyards? No, no, no. That's that's bad all around. The the cosmetology well, board would. Yeah, she has a that's, license. That's not legal. So I mean, you could go cut someone's hair in their backyard because you're just some guy. Right. But she's a licensed, you know, person. So that she, she cannot conduct business. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. 
But anyway, but it's coming. It's, it's probably next week that they'll get the go-ahead and she can start transitioning back into the new way of doing hair, everybody wearing a mask, and that, yeah. that ought to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, cutting what about you, Tim? What grabbed your attention? <laughs> cutting a little strap on the mask by accident, it falls off. <laughs> um, the alarm goes off, sirens. Mm-hmm. Wee, wee. Uh, two, two things that I've been watching... Um, I, one is uh, a little sad news is that a couple years ago we had adopted a guinea pig um, that was the, the family was moving and this guinea pig was all by herself and so we took her in and she was already kind of old when we got her and she passed away last week so it was pretty sad that we uh, so we lost our guinea pig yeah. and um, and it, you know she was kind of on her way out there for a while we, we knew it was coming she was old and, and and so then the question was well are we going to you know get another guinea pig and if we do we should get two because it's supposed to be together you know we never liked the fact that she was alone and um we weren't you know the kids the the one was like no not yet and then and then uh the older dot maddie was like yes and uh and then it turned into yes very quickly and so well we adopted two more guinea pigs (laughs) so (laughs) so um that's awesome so we have two of them now that they don't like us yet because like this one was pretty quick to sort of come to us because she was from a home whereas these two were from sort of a rescue situation where they were you know who knows what they've been through you can see their ears have been chewed and stuff here and there so you know they've oh boy so they're the the one is is um is already coming around pretty quickly the other one's still very afraid you know but they'll they'll figure it out that they got a pretty good good place to be right now and they're learning to to cohabitate they were living together but again it was in like a like a, a um, you know, uh, refugee camp type situation, you know, that they were living. And so now they're trying to figure out their space and their who's dominant in this stuff. So I was, so I was watching guinea pig videos about like, you know, uh, get accommodating them to learn to be with each other and to learn to be with us and what the right thing to do for me is, you know, how, how aggressive or not aggressive to be. And there's a lot of common sense, but it's interesting watching these videos about animals because you... Like it's, it's, it is just a lot of common sense if, if they're acting a certain way, it, you know, what it means. But the reason I'm, I'm suggesting watching guinea pig videos is not the learning videos. You can go down the rabbit hole of just amazingly adorable guinea pigs doing amazingly adorable things. Um, kind of like cat videos, you know what I mean? There's just people that have taught these guinea pigs to just do all these hilarious things. <laughs> and it's, um, it's just like a, a, just a shot of cute. It's just like right in the veins, just watching these things. So guinea, I've been watching guinea pig videos. And the other thing I've been watching is I got hip to it from last week tonight, the John Oliver show, and he was doing this mm-hmm. talking about the the sports and the lack of sports, and um, and there's a YouTube channel called it's pronounced or it's spelled J E L L E, but it's pronounced like Yell. I think it's like you know like a North Norse kind of word. I'm not really sure. Yell uh, or Heli Marble Runs, and they take marbles and they have these intricate. They have Marble Olympics. And they have these tracks and they have races and there's teams and there's heats. And it's basically an entire season of marble that you could like watch like sports that they, it's just incredible. <laughs> and it sounds a little bit ridiculous. And he's saying this is like, he, so John Oliver went and he actually sponsored their season because they were like trying to fundraise because they spend money putting these tracks together. They have snow tracks and dirt tracks and Lego tracks and tracks that go through water. It's just, it's just incredible. And um, it, it is as ex- exciting as sports. I, I was telling my wife, I was like, let's watch one. I want to see, as like, this is kind of, haha, we'll watch it because it's kind of funny. 
And it's like any new sport, like the first time you watch curling, you're like, what are they doing? You don't really... And then within five minutes, you're like an expert, like, oh, he didn't put enough spin on the broom. And that's what happened to us watching these marbles going down these tracks. We're like actually rooting for marbles and we're like, oh, that one took a bad hop over there and it's not going to make it. And it's just, it's in the, in the absence of sports, if you're a sports fan and you're missing it, instead of watching a baseball game from 1978, I strongly recommend there's seasons out there that have already happened there's a new season coming soon <laughs> it's uh helly or yelly uh marble run j-e-l-l-e it's incredible yeah i mean it's something i don't know if i'd call it incredible you gotta watch it dude i <clears throat> I, I find the explanation you just gave pretty incredible well the, yeah the, riveting the physics yeah. of what they put into these tracks that they build i mean there's a there's some like kind of just like clickbaity stuff like eleven thousand marbles <laughs> they have these tracks so when a hundred marbles land on a tray it'll tilt and then they'll go down this other run so there's right. like that type of stuff. but then there's these actual heats in these races they have a whole winter olympics we were watching they had a summer olympics they had a pool marbles racing underwater it's dude it's you gotta just watch one <laughs> the dirt track is incredible they have like a rally like in a dirt track it's, the camera work I mean they have like 10 cameras they do slow motions instant replays flag photo finishes it's incredible and they have an announcer the announcer is hilarious cause he'll be like he'll be like oh that's gonna cost them they took that turn you know like oh, <laughs> had a, a rough last season like he has all the backstory and there's like all the team stuff and like the, oh they're not working together as a team on this it's gonna cost them it's just it's just incredible that's funny. Okay, I will check it out. You sold me. Um, here's what caught my attention. Actually, I started watching last week, and I'm only two episodes in. This is on Netflix, and speaking of sports, it's called The Last Dance. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, it's the story of basically the uh, the dynastic uh, Chicago Bull run of, uh, of the 90s and sort of where all those players came from and what they were going through at the time and where they were going. Um, and it centers around like Michael uh, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and uh, and I guess Dennis Rodman. Um, and it was I'm two episodes in. I think there's seven total, but it's really really good. Like I was never a big basketball fan, and like this all happened like while I was in high school. So I definitely had friends who were super into it, but you don't know about the drama. And like there's all these interviews with them now and interviews with them then. Actually, it was funny because they had a uh, for the first time ever, 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 a film crew followed uh, these guys for like an entire year. So while this whole um, controversy was going on about the last dance, which is the last season of Phil Jackson, the uh, the coach, uh, there was a film crew filming them all. And so they were getting like real behind the scenes of what's going on and what all the players were saying. And then you see interviews with them today versus then and you see the whole history of where they came from. It's actually really, really well done, and uh, and I would highly recommend it, regardless of whether or not you care about basketball or sports at all. It's just a really good story. Hmm. I've been seeing that advertiser or coming onto my feed. I was going to check that out. Yeah, I've heard a lot of talk. So good. Yeah, and like, you know, you talk a lot about sort of like um, Michael Jordan. Yeah, he's a very good basketball player. This guy was an like the best that ever played, and probably still the best of anyone who plays now. Like LeBron, Dwayne Wade, whatever you want, nobody holds a candle to Michael Jordan at his peak. Like this guy was incredible. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 pretty. It's easy because he's been out of it for so long to forget that. But I yeah. remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had guys. They were interviewing like Larry Bird. They were interviewing like all the you know the guys from that that were at the top. You know, Isaiah Thomas. Like all the. 
And they're like, yeah, we had never seen anything like this guy. Like, you know what I mean? For, like, the top guys in the league to look at Michael Jordan and go, yeah, he's on a whole other level. Like, that tells you something because these guys were the superstars too. Right, yeah. And this guy was, like, whatever the next level of superstar is. Like, ultrastar, megastar, uberstar, whatever it was. The guy's like a one in a billion. Yeah, he, he uh, I mean, I could care less about basketball, but I remember, right. I remember those years of him playing. I remember, yeah. like, seeing, you know, you flipping through the TV, it'd be some sports hot. Just seeing the air, like the he would like start yeah. and then just and uh, like just the physics of it didn't make sense. It was like, what is this guy, an right. alien? <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. He's just, he was so yeah. dedicated, and the only thing he cared about was getting better. He had teammates at the beginning who were like getting, uh, you know, having a good time. Let's say after games, he's like, I don't want none of that. Yeah, and, you know, he'd be the first one at practice, the last one to leave. Anyways, yeah. great, yeah. great, good great stuff. documentary, very stuff. well done. And apparently he was like and the so. Jelly marbles. I'm gonna check those out too. Oh, the marbles, yeah. yeah. Apparently he was so yeah. competitive too. Like I saw, like one of the late shows was kind of pulled a clip <clears> out where he was like throwing quarters against a wall with one of his security guards and just twenty dollar bet to see who could like land it. Whatever, just everywhere this guy went, he was just making a bet and he was just super. <clears> everything about him was just competition, you know. And that's yeah. You know, so that was that's I'm sure coming up in one of yeah. the episodes. But you know, he had a big gambling problem yeah and yeah. that is what likely led to him being ousted from the league for a year and a half until he made his comeback yeah but yeah. uh but i'll let you know because i haven't seen it yet. <coughs> yeah i remember something about that i don't remember the detail the details either but yeah i'll let you know next week cool <laughs> um our websites williamlutes.com timsway.net and newperspectivesmusic.com I want you to contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Um, or you could uh, hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. On iTunes, leave us those five-star reviews, and we will read them out loud. But again, only if it's a five-star review. Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio. For only a dollar, you get access to the pre-show, and frankly, that's where the magic happens. So that's where you want to be. And for $10, we will read your name out loud at the top of the hour so all that being said this was actually a really really good episode i didn't think it was going to be so good but here we are on this side of it and it's fantastic so should've, uh should've have a great week. The bro should it i knew we should have <laughs> called it the bro be well guys have a great week bye everybody be good